Hi there, and welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast with your hosts, Adam Olette and Casey Berman. This is episode 13, and we are leaving off where we stopped with Gabe Rothman in episode 12. So we're going to jump right back in to where we ended in episode 12. Here we go. Now, Gabe, I want to, one thing I want to bring up when you talk about fear, one of the big fear that Adam was saying, one of the big fears that many attorneys have is they're going to make a mistake. They're going to have a bad interview or something. Now, Gabe, you had one of your big moments, correct me if I'm wrong, was where you essentially got uh, – uh, not yelled at, but you went to an interview and he kind of uh, – He kicked my ass. He kicked your ass. All right. There you go. Tell, and it was probably one of the most productive, in, informing, educating essentially best things one of the best things you ever went through in this process tell everyone about it yeah. because i know people are quaking in their boots they don't want to be, have their ass kicked they don't even want to make a mistake yeah. in an informational interview yeah. a lot of these attorneys don't even want to fumble over the words and you and your got your ass handed to you tell us about that yeah um yeah it actually informed the entire way that i approached all of my subsequent interviews um and it's what ultimately landed me the the blue wolf job because yeah. I restructured my my p- sales pitch um, around the what I learned in this interview so that's great um, yeah I mean when I when I finally decided to that I was done I was definitely leaving um, I I said there there's no timeline on this I'm just gonna start networking and bothering people just bothering everyone I know <laughs> to try to get interviews so I, I, I landed very in actually very short order. I had interviews with Pandora, Facebook, Salesforce, LinkedIn, a uh, slew of other companies. I didn't get any of those jobs. I got none of those jobs. Um, but um, yeah, that's like five or six rejections right there. I want everyone to hear that. Gabe went through a bunch of rejections, and you are still standing. You're still alive. The the, the world hasn't ended. I, ha- I, I don't know if – I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was definitely a double-digit number of rejections. <laughs> um, and I, it, would be, it would follow the same pattern every time. I would network my way into the interview. It'd be, I would knew so-and-so, or I knew so-and-so who knew so-and-so who was a recruiter or a hiring manager. I would get, I would get them on the phone. We would talk. They would be like, yeah, you sound great. I really like you. Let's bring you in for an interview. I would go and do an on-site interview or a couple of on-site interviews. And then when it came down to it, I always lost out to the person who had the exact right skill set, right? And we can circle back to that. I have some opinions on that, <laughs> that component of it too. But um, I, I was introduced to um, a, uh, a, a guy who – was a he was the vice president of product at a company called Zora, um, and I was introduced to him actually through a former law colleague of mine, um, one of the partners at my previous firm introduced me uh, to him, and he um, he and I just we just met for breakfast and um, we we chatted and had a like nice long talk and 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 he really liked me we got along great and he was like yeah I think. Um, I think you could, you know, I, I think you have a lot to offer. You know, you're clearly really smart. Let's see if we can't, you know, uh, find you a way in. So Zora, it's Z-U-O-R-A, is a company um, that does um, uh, subscription billing um, for software companies. Mm-hmm. It's a subscription billing platform. Um, so 
this uh, this this gentleman, the the VP of product at Zora, he got me an interview with the company's CEO. <laughs> um, and their CEO is a guy named his name is Teen Zuo. It's T I E N Z. Uh, I think it's Z U O. Teen Zuo. He was one of the first employees at Salesforce. I think he was oh, like wow. employee number I don't know ten, something like that. Um, and you know, brilliant guy. Uh, Stanford undergrad, Stanford MBA, uh, just really smart, really smart. So I went into this interview and um, I took my my same approach that I had been taking, which was which was not that dissimilar from the approach that I ended up evolving into. But you know, I talked through like, look, I've done all these things. I'm I'm uh, I'm really smart. I can, you know, I, I can uh, analogize my skill sets. All these other you know, all these things um, and. He started just grilling me on like, <laughs> why should I hire you though specifically? I can yeah. find smart people out there. Like, why would I hire you, a thirty-three-year-old, uh, you know, attorney, versus some twenty-five-year-old kid out of Stanford? Yeah, uh, twenty or you know, two years out of Stanford, three years out of Stanford, to do a relatively entry level role in product and marketing, whatever, like why, like why specifically? And I didn't have an answer. I just did not yeah. have a good answer. And he just kept every time I tried to like, you know, Wiggle around lawyer, 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 my way around, lawyer, my way around the question. He just bring it back, you know? And, and, and I remember at one point uh, he was like, well, tell me like, what are the specific, like, metrics like measurables what are the measurable things that you've done and i hadn't thought about it and it turns out i did have measurable things but i hadn't thought yeah. about it yeah and i was like well i don't i don't know like what if i don't have any and he looked at me and he said get some <laughs> <laughs> so nice. that's sort of a and, and he wasn't i want to be clear he wasn't a jerk about yeah. it he wasn't rude he he was he was almost sort of mentoring in a way. Like he took he it was almost like, look, I'm gonna put my arm around you and I'm gonna shake you, right? I'm gonna put my arm around you, I'm gonna talk to you about what you need, but I'm gonna shake you and give you a reality check. And like I said, he absolutely annihilated me in this interview. And, no, and I know and you're making you're softening it. I, I talked to you afterwards and, and you were you were still shaking. Um yeah. But the next day, and even 48 hours after the interview, not only had you calmed down, but you had really internalized these lessons. I remember that that shift in you. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, you know, I did some some soul searching and kind of thought through. Okay, like what what did I just learn? Like what can I learn from this? And and a lot of that goes back to um, my attitude around the process in the first place, um, which was as a lawyer, really hard to do to not be like results oriented mm, yeah. to just go into it as like, okay, I'm just going to go out and try to meet as many people as I can. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it until something pops. Right. And, and, so, uh, Gabe, ahead. I want to, before we move on, I want to talk about the, the, the rejection, the shaking, yep. getting your ass handed yeah, yeah. to you and the lessons you know, that you learned from that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, one if assuming it is inevitable for people looking to leave the law, let's assume you are going to have that that coffee and that experience, right? Um, and if you don't, okay, fine. But w tips, tricks, thoughts on how to prepare, or thoughts on how to how to gird 
up for it. You know what? Because that is one of the main reasons people won't even start leaving the law is they want to avoid that tough conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, like I said, I think the I really think the biggest thing for me in terms of uh, <laughs> um, becoming okay with that type of a result um, goes back to really, like I said, not taking that results-oriented approach. Just saying uh-huh. I'm okay with whatever happens. This is all part of the process of of learning. And if I land a job right away, that's awesome. That's right. great. Um, but but also honestly, the the informational part of the interview is important. It's not just like oh, I'm going to do an informational interview and cross my fingers that it turns into a real interview. Um, right. You know, a lot of the stuff that I learned in all these different informational interviews was valuable. Was learning about what do companies want to hear, what do they what do they want me to be, what skills do they want me to have, um, and all of that helped me to sort of refine my pitch. Yeah. Uh, it got better and better and better. Um, and also, it helped me to start to zero in on what I might actually like to do because, yeah. you know, yeah. I I pursued roles in marketing. I pursued roles in product management, uh, you know, pursued role like operational type roles, um, just anything, you know, uh, uh, compliance roles. Uh, you know, the, the role that I interviewed for at Salesforce was a, a, a contracts administrator role. And thank God I didn't get that. I probably would have yeah. hated it. Um, you know, it's, it's a, in Leave Law Behind, you, you, there's two main goals of the informational interviews. Once you've kind of gone through the steps, unique genius, once you're ready to get out there, and one is to um, research, is this a job I want? Do these people hate their life? Do they have that Sunday night anxiety like you talked about, or do they like it? And the yeah. two are to get leads. You know, uh, Thank you, Mr. Jones, for meeting me for coffee. I want to let you back to the office. Um, is there anyone else I can talk to? You know, sort yeah. of that continuing creating opportunities. But the first point, you, you make a great point, Gabe. Like that isn't just perfunctory. Like you just don't do that to get ultimately the leads. Right. Really delving into understanding what this job entails, how right. do these people like the job, whether it's in alignment. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, like really accept, you know, and this is like a little new agey, but but it, it's real. It really accept uh, that you're the whole thing is a process, right? And just yeah. accept accept it as a process. Um, and again, I know I'm very results oriented. It's very hard not to go there, um, but it's important to really stay, um, you know, stay focused on on learning your lessons and, and really being introspective about, um, the, the, the lessons that you're learning in terms of what you might like to do in a career. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, the first day of law school, I remember they told us, um, and I think this definitely applies here. They said, don't get overwhelmed, just chop the wood in front of you. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, that, I think that's a very important lesson for this. Um, and certainly there's, you know, everyone has a different time frame. though there's financial considerations and, and all, you know, all that. And, you know, people have constraints and, and I get that. Um, not everyone, I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe not everyone has 10 months, which is how long it took me. Um, but, you know, there are ways to obviously um, um, sort of work around that and, yeah. and, and make it work. And we can, we yeah. can get in, we can get into that and that tactical stuff um, when well, you know, Gabe, we're going we're gonna to have you on more episodes down the road. Gabe, everybody, Gabe has agreed. Uh, you know, we're very happy that he'll come on, be a recurring guest, and, and talk through 
these things as we move forward. So I'm sure we'll we'll get to we'll get to all that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, ultimately though, it is it is really about um, refining a pitch. If I had to sort of consolidate it down into one thing, it's use it as a as an opportunity to really develop your pitch. Yeah. Um, and, and figure out what you really do want to do because that's that's uh, that's critical. You don't want to you don't want to end up. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, as a as a reader of the the blog, you know, leave sales operations behind, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great point. You know, a lot of people they that I run into, uh, you know, they say, Casey, just, and these are people who I don't take on as coaching and so on. As they say, I just, what about the job? What's my next job? And there's a lot of work like you've done ten months or even longer because you don't want to go from job you don't like, like law, into another job you don't like, even if it's right. if it's non law. Yeah, but you may it, you it, may do that. You may go from job to job that you don't like, but that could be part of the path too. And I think Gabe you totally. said something uh, really profound, and this is stuff that I teach in my Esquire Academy, and this is, you know what, the path is the path. And if you're not resisting the path and what is in this moment right now, you can yeah. always understand that you're being brought to wherever you're being brought to for a reason, for the lessons, for yeah. Yeah. the understanding that, okay, well, if I do take this job after the law and I hate it, well, that's okay because now it's like when you, you're out on the dating market, right? You're, you're dating different people, men, women, and you're dating these one. Oh, I don't really like this. I don't like that. But it's lining up for you the fact that here's what I don't like. It helps yeah. you to build totally. what you do like and understand more at a deeper level. Here is what I really like, and then what do I love? So there is no harm, as far as I'm concerned, in you know the path of maybe taking a job that you don't really like if that's what feels okay in this moment. Or maybe there is no other jobs available, so Absolutely. you got to do something to pay the bills. And so I think that's part of the problem that we have as human beings is that we, we look at something and say, well, am I really going to love it? Sometimes you just right. don't know. Until yeah. you go into it and see, you know, and I that's think that's, that's part of the problem. Let me say one too. thing, Adam. I think you're absolutely right, Adam. Let me let me clarify. My point was, without doing some of that work around unique genius, that 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 process work. I think it's really important to um, take that time to think about what you're what you're good at. Oh, no, I, I agree, have, Casey, and I wasn't yeah, pooing yeah. your your point at all. I wasn't trying to prove you wrong. It this time, I was, I was this time. I, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't. The, no, no, but, but no. what what's I see are people who come in who and I should have clarified more. What I see are people who come in and say, hey, Casey, I don't like my law job. Get me another job. Right. And, no, and that's and, exactly and, why I intervened, because yeah. that's the problem is they're just looking to hop from job to job. And I think, Gabe, that's you were right. lucky enough to have that 10 month period where you were able to sit down and interview for tons of different positions. And. It sounds to that's me right. like 95% of what you interviewed for, you weren't either right for or you wouldn't have liked. And so that's why you right. didn't get those jobs. So if it's meant to be, right. you may, you know, we talk about some new agey stuff in this. I talk about some new agey stuff in my book because there is an aspect of life that you just don't know about. So how right. can we Adam, discount I want everything? To jump, we've got yeah. about 10, 15 minutes left. Uh, Gabe, Adam talks a lot about beliefs and and crafting new beliefs and how this turns into habits and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear kind of the two you – maybe Adam, throw out some of your thoughts on beliefs, and then I'd love to hear Gabe kind of – can you maybe unpack some of the beliefs you had in 09 and 10 mm-hmm. about yourself and, and yeah. how that's changed, right? 
Well, let me yeah. jump in first, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my path out, well, in, in the law in terms of loving the law and then finally out of the law. And part of it was really doing exactly what I talked about. What do I love doing and what do I not like doing and what's kind of in the middle? But part of it also was reading lots of books on what's your life purpose. And when we talk about unique genius, I think those two uh, ideas go hand in hand because I think we have multiple life purposes my life purpose was to be a lawyer for 19 years and then say, hey, I'm going to go do something else because I've satiated this. That was part of the purpose. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I don't think we have just one purpose where that's it. We, we ring the bell and say, we know what it is. I'm, I'm good mm-hmm. to go. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Now, that's interesting. back in the day, you know, when people got jobs in the, in the 50s and 60s and 70s and maybe part of the 80s, uh, even as lawyers, when you, when you had a job, you had a job for life. Yeah. Whether you loved it or not. But the problem with that is a lot of people don't love what they're doing. And there are so many opportunities that we don't see nowadays. But as I started reading these books on life purpose, it started to give me a better aspect around, well, what do I believe about working? What do I believe about being in a, in a career? And what is mm-hmm. it that I believe about life? Because a lot of my beliefs were uh, the old beliefs that a lot of us have in mass consciousness that most of us share, and that is it's hard to make a living, you can't really love what you do, it's hard to make money, which are all bullshit as far as I'm concerned. And so when you look at your beliefs around what's possible, and I have done some work with people leaving the law, and and as I interview these people and I try to help them, and I have helped quite a few people in terms of getting to the place where finding what they really want to do and what they love and Part of it was their belief systems didn't yeah. align with mm-hmm. believing that there's a possibility even, even the, the remotest possibility of using the, okay, what do I love doing? And, and taking those things and creating a career around them. That for yeah. me was a big eye opener when I talked to this young lady who was only a lawyer for three years and she absolutely hated it. And I, I went through, I think we talked a little bit about this on a previous issue, but I really want to jump into what Gabe's got to say, but I think this is very apropos. And I'm asking her, is there any part of the law that you might like? And she's like, no, I want out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and unfortunately, I didn't know Casey at the time because I would have said, hey, uh-huh. you got to talk to this guy. So I was just trying to help her as much as I could while we were sitting there ha- all having dinner. And she's talking about um, some things that she really loves. And, and then her friend steps in and says, you can't make any money at that. And I looked at the friend and I really wanted to say, look, lady, shut your pie hole. Because right. you don't know what she can do with anything. Maybe you don't yeah, believe right. that, but you can see that the friend's beliefs were totally not aligned with her. But if yeah. she really loved doing what she was talking about doing, she could make money with it if if she right. paved the pathway to that. That's so, right. Gabe, right. talk to us a little bit about yeah. how beliefs uh, played a role in your leaving the law and, and then uh, how it they either hindered you or helped you. Yeah, Um so I would say the the number one probably false belief system I had, um, and I distinctly remember this because it played a big role in my decision to go to law school in the first place, was um, so when I when I first moved up, I mentioned when I first moved to the Bay Area, I kind of wanted to work in tech, and obviously had a really hard time getting a job because it was the year 2000 and mm-hmm. tech companies were dropping like flies. Um, so I kind of bounced around. I, I worked as a, a project coordinator at the worldwide headquarters of um, DHL, the shipping company, 
they were down in the financial district, and that was okay. You know, it was fine. Um, and then I worked as a uh, a graphic designer doing support for their sales team at IBM for a little while, and that was cool. But I just didn't have anything that felt like a career. I just wasn't making progress towards something that I felt like, okay, uh, this this could be something I do, you know, do forever. And so I started thinking through it. And honestly, I didn't really, you know, they were fine, but I didn't really like those jobs. And I started to realize I had this, I had this opinion of myself, honestly, that I was lazy. I just, that was just how I viewed myself. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just lazy. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real smart, so I can get by. Uh, and, yeah. and be successful in a lot of things, being lazy. Um, and I kind of, I, I kind of came to the conclusion: well, I, I'm lazy, and I just don't like work. I don't like having a job at all. Wow. So yeah. So I, I then, from there, took the bizarre logical leap to: okay, well. If that's the case, and I don't like work, I may as well make a lot of money, right? I may as well find something that I can make money at because I'm not going to like it no matter what. Um, the missing piece of that is, well, if you're lazy, maybe the law isn't the best place for you to be. <laughs> but, but um, I, I said, well, let's let's you know let's let's investigate this law school thing, and I'll I'll, I'll take the LSAT, and we'll see we'll see how I do on the LSAT, and if I do on the LSAT. Um, and I, cause I only wanted to go if I could get into like a top tier school. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, so I took the LSAT. I did, I did very well and, um, you know, ended up, ended up, um, at, at Hastings, which I ended up, like I said, I ended up actually really loving and, and, uh, really enjoyed that. But the, the underlying philosophy that I had was just incorrect, patently yeah. incorrect, which is, yeah. which is that. Which is that, okay, I can go to law school, I can become a lawyer, and if I just put my nose to the grindstone, keep my head down, and work hard, and, you yeah. know, and do that, eventually I'll make a lot of money, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it was almost in my mind like, oh, I was just a guarantee. If I just work hard, I'll just I'll make partner, and then I'll make a bunch of money. And there's so many incorrect assumptions in there um, about being a lawyer. One is that if you just work hard, you'll make partner. No, false. Yeah. False. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, and the other is, if you make partner, you'll make a ton of money. Also not true. Right. Um, you know, right. there are people out there. So, and then I started, you know, as I was actually working as an attorney, I started to realize, like, okay, there are people making a lot of money out there. A lot of them have been lawyers for 30 years. That's right. Or, yeah. you know, 20, 20 years, you know, 30 years, whatever. Um, and a lot of them are making good money. But they're not making amazing no, money. No, it's and, difficult to make amazing money as a lawyer. I don't care how okay. big of a firm it is. Now, there are some big firms where people make ridiculous kinds of money. Sure. But that's a very small segment of our profession. And a lot of them have no yeah. life. Oh, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them you know, do 2,500, 3,000 hours a year, which yep. is yep. insane. Oh, it's nuts. So, so I, got to the, I got to the point where I realized I was like, okay, well – if making a lot of money as an attorney, and and I'm just being completely honest, that was my primary motivation. I was like, I yeah. don't have any other goal career-wise because I don't like to work. Was my perspective. Yeah. So right. So right. I'm just going to make a lot of money. So I came to the conclusion: Well, okay. So if I want to make a lot of money, and it's no guarantee, which is by far not a guarantee. So it's a gamble either way, right? I'm gambling on this. 
So if I'm going to gamble on the upside of making a lot of money, I don't, first of all, I don't want my upside to be, uh, and look, I'm not saying this isn't a great living at all, but, but I'm just going to throw out a number there. I'm just going to throw out a number just as a point of reference, right? So in my mind, I said, look, if my upside is half a million dollars a year, which is a great living, I don't want to take the gamble. I don't want to gamble on half a million dollars a year, um, especially in exchange for, you know, 2,200 billable hours a year, right? right? I don't want to put in that much work for the maybe possibility that maybe I'll make half a million dollars a year. Right. Um, and the conclusion I came to was like, well, let's go back to that tech idea that I had back in 2000 because in at least in you know in in tech there's the equity component right of getting into a company now you have to you work you have to work your way up to a position where you have a big enough <laughs> equity stake that you could have a massive exit but the point is if it's a gamble one way or another even though it might be a bigger gamble in tech yeah. i would rather gamble on the upside of a 20 million dollar exit Right at some point in my career, if you're if if you're saying that your upside is twenty years out, right? Yeah. So if your upside is twenty years out and that upside is a half a million dollar a year salary, um, I'd rather say, okay, twenty years from now, maybe I'm instead of a partner at a firm, I'm in an executive at a startup, and I've got because I've worked my way towards, I've got half a million shares in this company, right? And if we exit, I right. can potentially make. $10 million, $20 million. I would rather that be my upside, even if it's a riskier proposition. Um, so a lot of that really speaks to, you know, philosophically how I was approaching it, you know, the, the view that, oh, this is really just a guarantee if I, if I just work hard, which it's, which it's not. And I think what's great also is like inherent in that was a few other beliefs was I shouldn't do anything that I enjoy or that I'm creative right. about, like just uh, things are probably going to be hard. No pain, no gain. Right. Um, and you know what? I like how it evolved. I mean, you're talking big numbers, but why not? Like, why not talk about a half a million dollars a year? And why not talk about these? And I think, right. you know, there's this idea of, well, if I just plug along and I make, you know, what's the median amount for my geographical area and I make that money and then I'll be okay and I can afford college. And, you know, it's kind of the 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 same idea. And so I think, Right. These beliefs of you and I saw you shift where you started talking like that about I remember you and I got coffee and you're like, well, and you're doing the numbers. And I remember looking at you going at first like, Jesus, who is this guy? And then I remember going, well, why not? Why not right. think these big numbers? Why right. not think this way? And so um, if you don't, it, it, well, it definitely won't happen. Well, yeah, because happen. you can't believe it. And it, it, right. it's part of the process where if you can't believe it, it normally won't happen. And that's why people that right. win the lottery end up either losing or getting their money stolen or they don't have any money left because they don't right. believe that they are entitled, whatever the belief is. But right. As we wrap this uh, couple episodes up that we've done here, um, I remember feeling very lazy as a lawyer, especially my first five years, because I wasn't connected yep. with it. I didn't really like it. But then as I started connecting with it, and then now we're connecting with my career at this point, mm -hmm. I don't feel any laziness because I really love what I'm doing. But back then, my Absolutely. God, I just I wanted to put yeah. my head down on the desk and go to sleep. And yep. that was at the advent of the Internet's coming on and dial up and all that shit. Jesus, I'm dating myself. But <laughs> being able to then if 
you just surf the internet because I just didn't feel like working. That's a key. That's a clue. And we talked about this in a couple previous episodes. Clues that you're on your way out. You're feeling lazy. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. really what it was for Absolutely. me. And so we're going to um, wrap this Absolutely. up at this point. Gabe, we really thank you for joining us today. I think this was very eye-opening for yes. everybody that we've talked to. We're going to have you back a few more times because yeah. we want to continue this discussion uh, there is a lot more to ask you. I mean, Casey, we have some questions that Casey outlined, and we didn't get through a lot of them because there is <laughs> a lot to leaving. And yeah. having this practical knowledge from you, Gabe, I think is going to be eye-opening to a ton of people listening, and we really appreciate you being here. Yeah, yeah happy to do it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I'm sure feel similarly to, to how I felt, and yeah. I want to want to help those people. In in fact. Uh, Casey and I just had a success with one of his uh, his 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 other clients, um, who uh, I introduced to some of my former colleagues from Blue Wolf, and yeah. have made her an offer. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It, Gabe, it's great to have you. Everyone listening, um, this happens. It, the Gabe is testament to it. Uh, this other woman that he's talking about, who I worked with, who I introduced to Gabe, Gabe connected her. She just left the law for a tech job. This actually happens. We're going to have Gabe on more. If you have any questions, again, email us, contact us. If you have any questions for Gabe directly, um, he has, uh, has offered to, to answer those questions. He's very busy, but I'm sure he'll we'll get an answer back to you. But I, I want to thank everyone for joining the podcast. We're so happy to have you. And again, I want to uh, reiterate that uh, you know Gabe is a real life person who's gone through the work, who's taken the steps and become comfortable with the process, and now is uh, not only has left the law, but is really in alignment with what he's doing and is kind of a rising star in 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 his sort of niche area in tech. Yeah. So, Gabe, thank you. You're um, welcome. And I don't, great I don't think you. that I'm lazy anymore. No, I didn't figure. I figured that. <laughs> a shift. A shift. I know. Well, you're really busy. It was tough to get a time to talk to you, you're, how busy you are. So you're, you're definitely not lazy. Yeah. Um, but, Gabe, thank you. Adam, again, Thanks, always guys. great uh, with you. And uh, so thank you both very much. Um, I'll see both of you guys at the next podcast. And, and I hope uh, to our audience, again, we're so happy to have you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take great. Bye for now. Thanks, Bye. guys. Thank you.